What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. Hello. And Justin Davis. Scoop. We've got a great show for you this week. We've got a couple anniversaries to celebrate this week. You may not realize that both the Nintendo 64 and IGN.com share a birthday. They both turned 25 this week. And we have some very interesting data about gamers and different types of gamers and different gamer behaviors that I had to share with you from a, a recent study that IGN conducted. I thought our audience would find that pretty interesting. But first, it is... October. It is Q4 by the time everyone is listening and watching this. And that can only mean one thing. Mm -hmm. It's time for Q4 Justin. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> so I was waiting for it. <laughs> he's, he's definitely here. You're going to see the rings under my eyes get like more and more sunken. How many more Black Fridays are there this year than usual? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say, how many more can I survive? And the answer is um, minimal. We'll, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I was I was actually wasn't even 100% sure that uh, Q4 Justin was still a thing, but apparently it is. Yeah. Once you said Q4, Justin's whole face just fell, so mm -hmm. I knew it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is there a Black Friday this year? Uh, yes, but I actually do have a little mini scoop for you. Many nice. retailers are, uh, are, they're worried about everyone ordering something all at once because the supply yeah. chain's all messed up. Yes. So we are, we are going to see sales and deals and stuff start early as early as maybe even next week. And so yeah. you're going to see retailers saying, you know, we guarantee, we promise this is going to match our black Friday price. Like just go ahead and buy it now. Don't wait till next month. And so, um, that's, um, I, you know, that's, We'll see if that's actually true, but like that's the word on the street. Well, I've been saying for years, the one thing that Black Friday needs is more scarcity and more <laughs> a lethal danger in the form of a pandemic. I think that's what <laughs> we needed for a, a rush on a big box store uh, annual mm -hmm. tradition. So, yep, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. New tradition. Uh, and I guess I guess Q4 can mean one other thing. It means it's time to check in with Game of the Year watch. <laughs> Eagle source. <laughs> They'll add it in post. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I never, I never check, but I, I assume whoever edits this show actually adds the graphics in post. I don't check yeah, either. Well, yeah, well, the joke's on you because nobody edits the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Game of the Year Watch 2021 continues. Uh, we have several nines that have been added over the last quarter, and one ten, the only ten of the year so far, and that oh. would be, of course. You should have let me take a drink of water first so I could have spit it out. <laughs> In complete not, lack of surprise. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing stopping you. Uh, of course, Deathloop is I mean, There's is no the water game. in the cup, so it'd be, it'd be gross. <laughs> You'd just be spitting spit. Just spit. Just spit. Yeah. I don't even have any spit to spit. Yeah. This is a professional uh, show. I don't, I don't want to anyway, talk about this anymore. <laughs> anyway, Deathloop. The, the lone... 10 out of 10 uh, of the year so far from IGM. Um, I, I've, I've continued to play it over the past week, although I've been playing less because I've been playing Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Really? You well. started mm -hmm. right with Circle, huh? Yeah, yep. I just figured I'd start. Well, I guess that's an okay excuse, and you have nothing else going on in your life. I thought you would have beat this by now. Uh, I, I well, think you're I, close I have, to it. I only have one visionary, uh, whatever, lead left that I'm chasing down. You've Shame. probably got like an hour, an hour and a half left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So did you finish it, Tina? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I finished okay, wow. it. And um, I won't spoil anything, but people have been mm -hmm. com having conversations about the ending and whether or not it lives up to the you know hours of mystery that you play through as you're killing the visionaries and figuring out the perfect murder scheme. 
Um, and I don't think it quite does. It, it feels okay. like a game that had a huge vision and they mm-hmm. had to make sacrifices as any development team has to. And uh, some of that came out of like I, what I feel like having played it. And I have no idea. I have not talked to developers or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel like maybe some of the sacrifices were in some of the story building and how it kind of coalesces in the end. That's all I'll say. Mm. Well, the true the true journey was the murders you did along the way. Exactly. Mm. How creative could you be in your murdering? That's true. Everybody that stands by a door in this game, you just murder over and over again. I feel especially bad for them, but they don't remember. <laughs> They're just badly placed. Yeah, exactly. There's the ones there's always like the three people talking right when you leave a door. Yeah. Like, wow, they're screwed. I beat it too. I really liked uh, oh. every moment of this game, and uh, I uh, right through the ending, I, I thought it was, I, and I totally know what Tina's talking about. We had a conversation about this too. It, it, it's, it, it's interesting, and it absolutely leaves it in a place where I'm like, I don't. There can either be a really cool series of games after this game, or mm-hmm. this is it. And I'd be fine with either, mm-hmm. actually. I hope there's a follow up of a lot of cool. Because there's so much left unexplored, and then a lot of the story that you have to piece together based on like random dialogue or things that you find in the environment, which is true mm-hmm. for any like really big um, open world game that has those sorts of like hidden documents and <clears throat> emails and whatnot. But especially so in this case, Damon, have you played Alexis's party level in any scenario? I'm sure you played it several times by now. Yes, yes, several times. <laughs> yeah, that level sucks. Oh, I liked it, dude. You have <laughs> to play it hard. It's really I just hard. did. I yeah. did more of like a guns. I did like a guns blazing approach. Well, that is what I end up doing after yeah. <laughs> I try so hard to stealth it. And you know, the first time you play it, I the first time you have to complete it, you're not allowed to guns blaze it. I think unless you kill the the leader. But um, yeah. yeah, until then, you basically have to be stealthy, or things can be, you have to re reloop, which is annoying. But uh, yeah, I played that mission so many times. I know so much about that level. And it's all in my brain right now. You know, it won't be there three weeks from now, but it's really funny Mm -hmm. to the point. One time Tina and I were talking about this and it was like, you know, every single like suitcase gun you pick up, like I know where they all are. I know Mm -hmm. where like everything is. It's just, it feels kind of like playing a, you know, an N64 game where you like a Banjo-Kazooie or something where you really know a level really well or Mario 64 level. I thought that was, that's a good thing about it. But I also got really frustrated having to play it so many times because I failed a lot. My fault. Well, a lot of people have noted that the, the AI is not great in Deathloop. And in that level, that's like a perfect example where, you know, the party is taking place in this mansion and there's one entrance to it. And if you you go into like a big courtyard area and if you get spotted, all the enemies will rush to the courtyard and attack you. But they won't chase you outside. They won't like they will not cross the threshold of the mansion. Yeah. So it's easy enough to just pop in. Take out a couple of enemies, then pop out again. Uh, wait for well, to calm down. Yeah. Pop in, take out a couple of enemies, pop out again. And there's health right outside. The, there's never-ending health restoration right outside the mansion. So. But Damon, I have to say, I, I spent w- no time in that courtyard. I was always inside th- through the rooftops. Mm-hmm. And I had like one staircase that enemies did not go up. They did not know how to use these <clears> stairs. <throat> and I did the same thing in the end. I just have to shoot from the staircase over and over again. It was very funny. I would say, like, counterpoint, Damon, I like had a raccoon... I had a raccoon on my deck the other day and I, I, I scattered him away. Scat, get out of here, raccoon. But then when he scampered away, I didn't chase him through my backyard. Fair point. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Are you expected to just give up your grounds? Like you're in the middle of a party. What are you going to do? Like chase this little rascal pest around your entire grounds? You rascal, you get out of here. Okay. (laughs) He's he's not going to shoot anybody else. (laughs) 
<laughs> I tried to shoo away a raccoon. I was at an Airbnb, like in Guerneville, the Russian River area, so like north of San Francisco in the woods. And uh, there's raccoons everywhere. There are also those in my neighborhood. But this raccoon was on the porch outside a glass door. And uh, I wasn't really worried <clears throat> about it, but I was, you know, just kind of like interacting with it. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then it stood up on its hind legs like a little man. And it did not stop standing. It just it just stood on its hind legs like a gnome and yeah. just and just stared through the window. And you know, I got some friends over. I was like, look at this raccoon standing like a little man. I and it wasn't like looking or peering around or anything. It was just locked. Yeah, it's unsettling. It was very unsettling. I, I, I chased it off. I shoot it off. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> With that standing like a little man. <laughs> and you probably didn't. Chase it much farther out, to, out the door, right? That's just right. I, I, it was an exact stop. That just like the party in in this game, I stopped at the glass doors. Yeah, I don't want to pass the, the threshold. Um, the role-playing game level is the exact same way. They will not chase you out of the building. So there's lots of these bottleneck points where you can just get enemies to charge at you, and there's no danger of them really. The role-playing game level? What you talking about, Damon? The, uh, what's, it's, uh, I forget what the name is. Oh, do you mean it's, when you're in the laser tag area? Oh, well, the not, the game, the thing. alien game. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Anyway. I mean, they, they'll actually they'll drop from the top of the the stairs, and then suddenly yes. they're like on the first level. So they'll go so far as to do that, and then sometimes they'll call in reinforcements in the courtyard before you actually get into the game level. So there's a couple surprises where if you're trying to stealth away, um, they'll, yeah. they'll catch you and and get you back in. Yeah, yeah. game level is hard for me too. I thought that one, I hated it when you had to play that one a second time and carrying a very loud thing through it. That was a really mean mission. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that one was less fun. For me. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, you, you guys are giving me FOMO, by the way, for I, I feel like now I feel like I have to beat it. But uh, oh, yeah. you guys yeah, think, sure. do you think, does it feel like a game of the year contender? Yeah. Yeah, d- despite the like slightly, because, you know, the content of the ending, I suppose, wasn't as much of a of an issue as... The, I'm trying not to spoil it um, as like the it's just not the payoff that I was wanting. Um, mm. But outside of that, I still feel like it was very inventive. <clears throat> and there's a lot of elements of this game that uh, that I would agree is like on a 10 out of 10 level from um, from the atmosphere, from the characters and the writing and the gameplay mechanic. Like the loop worked out really well um, in the in the sense of like getting you to memorize these levels and feeling really like walk, working your way really intimately around them too. So mm-hmm. I love I'll all of those a, things. Definitely a contender for me. I'll give a plug for a thing that was frustrating to me, but that I like, and I think is the right thing to do is that nothing's explained. You know, it's like, oh, okay. th- there's, there's a bunch of cool stuff that you learn about interesting aspects of the world and the game, but like there's things that you don't and it's like lost, right? Where it's like, sometimes mm-hmm. the explanation mm-hmm. is really cool. And sometimes you don't need the explanation, right? And so I, I kind of liked how they held off on some of it. And in some of the, I just, I want to know more, which is probably the best way to leave somebody at the end of a experience, like a video game or a movie or a concert, right? Leave them wanting more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. My, my, uh, my barometer for that sort of thing is, am I still thinking about the game after I finished mm-hmm. it? And am I Googling around to see what other people thought yeah. and what theories people have? That's what uh, we well, like about all the Marvel movies and stuff, right? It's like, that's mm-hmm. a, the exact thing. So I, I commend that. And I think that takes some craft to do. Mm-hmm. Side note, is anyone watching Squid Game? Not yes. yet. I intend to. Justin, Justin is watching it? Yeah, it's, um, boy, it's, uh, it's a real bummer. <laughs> you watched, did you watch the whole thing? No, not yet. Okay. 
We're four episodes in. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's safari. The only reason I bring it up is that it is also very mysterious, and I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it, but I'm also hoping at least most of it gets explained. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. It's um, it has so nothing sorry. to do with it has nothing to do with Splatoon. Not <laughs> not one not one bit. Well, that's yeah. good to know. I'm not going to watch it anymore. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Um, okay, other games that have gotten a nine over the last quarter include Hot Wheels Unleashed. I think that one surprised everybody. <laughs> looks mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody it looks, loves it. Just it looks cool. Yeah, like, I was just like, wow, that's a really mm-hmm. neat variation of Hot Wheel toys. Like, how gratifying to be someone that makes this game, and then you know to have that recognized. Like, no, we're not trying to like poop out just a Hot Wheels game. Like, we're really taking it seriously. And then, and then, um, you know, and then see the positive response. I keep hearing such good things about it. Yeah. There's a long tradition of Hot Wheels games going back to the Commodore 64. Whoa. Apparently. Um, and this game wasn't on my radar, but actually it looks, my, my, my two-year-old son has started to enjoy watching me play some games. He loves the robot game or Astro's Playroom. Mm-hmm. And of course, like so many kids, he's into cars, so... He might watch. He might enjoy watching me play some Hot Wheels Unleashed. Oh, he would definitely like this game. Uh, and I, this one may need some explanation from Justin. Tales of Arise. Oh, why me? I thought you liked the Tales games. No, I even pointed this out in my op-ed that I read about them. <laughs> You're thinking of uh, the Trails games. Trails. Oh and my I'm, gosh. I'm, I'm not even I was making thinking a of Trials. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's trials. No, the the JRPGs I like are Trails, Trails in the Sky. But the Tales games, I, you know, I haven't played one since Tales of Symphonia. Just really good, beloved, well done JRPGs. That um, you know, again, I haven't played one since the GameCube days, so I can't speak to to how they're doing now in 2021. But um, no. you know, I know that they have a lot of cachet amongst genre fans. Yeah, I haven't played any any games in the series, but reading our review, it just seems like a just really really solid. Japanese RPG, but I think it's, I think it's actually an action RPG. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the combat systems are always really cool and actiony. Yeah. Sam and Tina, I know you both loved, um, Final Fantasy seven remastered. So is tales of arise something you would check out? I think so. I mean, it, it's not one that's necessarily been on my personal radar, but I've heard about it enough <coughs> and heard enough good things thinking like, maybe I need to remedy that. Yeah. Well, as you know, I pick one JRPG to play a year. That's all I can stomach. <laughs> so I have to choose my battles, and I usually choose those right around the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Um, because that's when I have some time to play a big game like this. So this, I don't know if I'd pick this one. I, I, I kind of like, um, I kind of like uh, the style to be a little bit different. This one is kind of like, reminds me of um, what is the Xeno series? Xeno mm-hmm. played. Xenoblade, yeah, Chronicles, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you know, it's like into it's like what Final Fantasy VII did too, where it's like industry and fantasy. I kind of lean towards more like cartoony JRPGs. I like the Dragon Quest kind of thing, and I still haven't played that latest game, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay, Life is Strange: True Colors also got a nine. Uh, that's also a series that I haven't played. Can't Do you know who wrote that game, or was a well, I know that, that Ryan Clements was on or worked on the game. Isn't that funny? Small world. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, oh, it's really awesome. Yeah, it's, those who've joined us recently, Ryan Clements was an IGN editor that was probably on Game Scoop at one point at some. Yes, but he was uh, more known as a PlayStation <laughs> editor and was on podcast Beyond all the time. Hey, what was Beyond and called it, before it was Beyond? Nothing. It was. It was so always that's, Beyond. That's the, the one that started because like Three Red Lights was unlocked. Mm-hmm. Game Scoop was called. What was it called? Well, before Game Scoop, IGN just had this podcast called News. No, it was like this week in gaming. This week in gaming, mm. something like that. 
Um, and then what? Right, Clements is at Riot now. Yep. Justin's at Sunrise. Yeah. Along with uh, Steimer and Ryan Geddes. Yeah, I guess that's true. He's got a whole cabal over there, former IGN. <laughs> yeah. Same um, anyway, I know Life is Strange. That series has a, a, a dedicated fan base. Um, and then there's a few games I've got nine that I, I, I haven't even heard of before, like a game called Grime, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a, a Soulsvania game that's only available on PC and Stadia right yeah. now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be one of those very, very difficult Souls-like Metroidvania games. The Forgotten City, which I don't even understand. Oh, it was yeah. a, a Skyrim mod. Well, it started as one, but now it's a standalone product. Dude, that is a Justin game if I've ever seen one. And I just can't like the only reason I haven't started it is because I'm so excited to play it. And I'm entering my busy season that I don't I don't want to get a third or halfway through it and then fall off it like it's got a really cool like I spoiled myself on it a little bit and I kind of regret doing that. I don't even know how much I want to describe what makes it so cool. It it has a really it does a really cool thing with time and that's kind of all I want to say. So it was originally a Skyrim mod and then they yeah. just they built out its own version that doesn't use any Skyrim assets, is that right? You're correct. Okay. Yeah. That's just like I, I realize I'm betraying my ignorance about the mod scene, but it's just, I had no idea this sort of th- thing was going on. It looks so cool. And like, I, I encourage you based off what I know, it's a game where like, look, if you like narrative adventure games and puzzles and like interesting stories and just unique experiences, like play it blind. I'm confident you'll love it. Like I kind of wish I'd played it blind, but since I did spoil myself a little, that made me even more hyped for like when I do eventually get around to it. Yeah, especially if it's in like um, adventure game or RPG of the year. Uh, if it's up, if it's a contender, I'll definitely want to check it out. Uh, and then there's a game called Wildermyth. I don't even know what that is, but it got a nine. I missed it. Imagine.com. Finally, Death Store, which we have talked about. I have played and we have talked about in the show before. Oh, I got and, a nine. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and I, I liked it a lot, but then just something else came out and I bounced off it and I haven't been back to it. But I very, think Sam, very playable, you, fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I, lot, I don't right? like my isometric games very much, so that kind of holds off and being like my favorite thing ever. But you know, it's got uh, Metroid vibes, and then it just has a really fun Zelda-like combat with with more rolling. And um, <laughs> you're a bird, and the bird is yeah. really cute. And it's it's you know uh, about it has a very dark theme about um, death and resurrection and stuff. It's just, there's a lot tying that game together. It's just it's it's absolutely worth your time. Yeah. Like the Zeldas and the Metroids. And I think it's out on Switch today, actually. Ooh. That is a for, good match for that. Or yesterday, for when you're listening to this. Um, okay, those are the nines and the ten of the past quarter. Previously on Game of the Year Watch, you'll remember uh, games were like Chivalry 2, Grifflands, Chicory, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Knockout City, Subnautica Below Zero, It Takes Two, Curse of the Dead Gods, and Hitman 3. Mm. All got nines from IGN, so... That's kind of what's that, Sam? Well, I just I'm just thinking of those. Like I put Hitman and Deathloop are kind of at the top, and they're kind of similar games. Sneaky well, shooters. The other, mm-hmm. Yeah. The the interesting thing though is I probably my favorite game I've played of the year right now is probably Resident Evil Village. Mm. Yeah. I really liked it. The second playthrough really got me for that one too. It's a strong choice. And then I Did had you... obviously very good feelings about Yakuza like a dragon as well. Well, but that's not this year. We yeah. played it this year. No, oh, it's not this year. That's right. That's right. Oh, we well, it's our it? personal ah. year then. Yeah, we played <laughs> it this year. Well, we yeah. could all play Lost Judgment. 
Yeah, hmm. although I'm I'm a few hours into that and I'm enjoying it, but I keep hearing from people that it's just like the the narrative doesn't really make sense and it's not um, well done, and you sort of uh, start to see it that as it's in the middle of the game. But I'm just I'm just happy to be back in Kamarocha and Aww, you know, seeing some some fam- some familiar faces and stuff. It's it's weird and nice and a little nostalgic. Yeah, it's cool to have a little foot in that world now, huh? Like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited to try out anything I did years ago. They're yeah. all on Game Pass. And you have a skateboard, so there's that. Hell yeah. What was that, uh, Justin? Oh, I just, all the Yakuza games are on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So feel free to grab one that strikes your fancy and give it a try. Good shout. Um, the game of the year for me so far, easy, hands down, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. <laughs> is it actually is that, good? Is it? Is it just yeah. out? Is that already out yeah. now? Uh, the review embargo is up, and uh, so I think I can say that I've been playing it a little bit. Um, uh, I, IGN's reviewer didn't like it as much. We are the low review, which um, we're being given a little bit of a hard time for, but somebody has to be the low review, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, for me, no, I love it. Like I'm not, I'm not spoofing and goofing here at all. Like it's, uh, it's fantastic. Happy to have Monkey Ball back. Um, some of the mini games don't feel that great, but I'm in Monkey Ball for the single player arcade experience. Um, some of the remade mini games, I think they haven't quite been tuned right, and hopefully they'll patch that and clean them up. Mm-hmm. No motion controls? Uh, I don't know. I'm certainly not playing with motion controls. Um, <laughs> they added uh, they added some cool accessibility features. Um, you know, Monkey Ball is really hard. Uh, and like yeah. that was that was the primary criticism of the IGN review. It's just like in 2021, 20 years have gone by, and this game's difficulty isn't really like as appropriate anymore. But in the game's defense, it added a jump button, and it added like a half speed, like a slow down time button. And I think that's just so cool. And like, what a fun compromise where like purists like me can get that kind of old school experience. But if you don't have the patience for that anymore, like you know, you don't have to. Like you can enjoy these games and still sort of get to the end with these assist features. Mm-hmm. is it a new monkey ball game or is it, it's not like a remake it's a re it's a remake it's a total remake like it's made in unity you know and has widescreen hd support and blah 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 and it's like a remake it includes all the levels from monkey ball one and two ah okay okay gotcha. so uh, all of those and then there's a little bit of new stuff um like a mode where you're not allowed to touch any bananas so it's called dark banana mode and like that recontextualizes some of the levels but um, normally you're supposed to roll and collect all the bananas you can and get to the end of the stage that's the idea correct um and so never beat a stage i don't think ever in a monkey ball <laughs> this one um it, it remakes one and two and for me the reason i'm in heaven is it has like a mission mode like you can earn these medals and I, there's like 700 of them for like beating a level beating a level in a certain time limit like beating a level with all the assists turned off and like so on and so forth and so i've been having a like it's just incredibly addictive to like go back down and and try to unlock as many of those as i can are your skills still paying the bills Oh no, I'm, I'm so bad at it now. I can pull off. It is a little bit like probably about a third of the old strats. I I'm still capable of doing. Um, and the rest of them I'm too rusty to pull off. Have you tried like loosening up, having a, having a glass of beer? Um, I have not, but I will say the muscle memory in monkey ball is like so tight and precise. Like it's a GameCube game. Right. And I'm playing on the PS five. And so I bought a GameCube controller adapter just for monkey ball for uh when uh, you know the ps5 copy i got through work and when it comes out i'll buy it on the switch and then we'll see if playing on the actual authentic gamecube controller feels any different cool i thought you were Uh, gonna say zookeeper world 
That's yeah. your favorite. That's your game of the year. It's up there, dude. It's so good. Tina, Tina, what level good. are you on? I'm on like 135, which is Whoa. a little oh, yeah. that's, but, but you know what? That's when you unlock the fire extinguisher. I've had that's that, right. I've that's had that right. mission for so long. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, yeah, they I'm get on further the... and further apart, the goalposts. Yeah, yeah, Justin? I just like, I thought I was far, and I'm on like mission 90-something. Oh, yeah. Since we talked about it last week, I downloaded it, and I was like, oh, I should see what this is all about. And it's just been nonstop <laughs> addiction since then. Look what you guys have done to me. 135. So good. <laughs> I'm in I the check 100 this out now. I'm in the 120s somewhere, so nice. I'm getting up there. Wow! Is it okay it's to really... play on a phone versus like controller based? Yeah, fine for that, right? You wouldn't 100%. use a controller. Like, okay. Yeah, it's built for that. It's just swipeies. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I I play on an iPad if you have an iPad. Same. I was talking yeah. to one of our our engineers this week. Completely, completely out of the blue. She used to work at um our product team. I mean, she used to work at GameStop, and she was like, "Yeah, when when I was in GameStop, I would play this game Zookeeper all day on the um." <laughs> What is it? The, the upright kiosks things like the big, mm-hmm. the, the demo big stations. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Zookeeper? Like, that's the second time I've ever heard of this game in my entire life. And that was like yesterday. <laughs> it, that's me, it means it's coming for you. It's a sign. Yeah and, yeah. and it sounds like as a DS game, it was like people loved it too. So that's, I guess, what its origins were also. DS yeah. Game. Yeah. I think yeah. So. That should definitely be up for best puzzle game. For sure. Um, Sam, best game you've played this year that was released this year? Well, I, I mentioned uh, Hitman and Deathloop, yeah. I think, oh, are up there. Are. However, uh, once you mentioned Resident Evil, that got me thinking. But like none of those mm-hmm. games stand out as like, oh, this is a lifetime Sammy game. But uh, I, I really, really am into... I had a great... like Having beat games means a lot this year because I played a lot of games. And boy, Deathloop and Resident Evil, uh, the difference there is that I went, I went immediately back and played Resident Evil a second time. Um, mm-hmm. With its like weird arcadey, fluffy, you know, second uh, yeah. thing that I want. Infinite, in, infinite shotgun ammo. Yeah, that was really fun too. Which, like, you know, I don't know if there's a reason to go back and play Deathloop anymore. But no. so something about Deathloop, I feel satisfied by the end of Deathloop. Told a good story, and not concluded in a satisfying way. Mm. My cheat answer is Mass Effect remake. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just cheating. No, I mean it. It. it <clears throat> it's a valid response is your personal favorite game you played this year. This should, um, this should, should sort of not be a contender. Yeah, well, it probably won't this, be. Yeah. There's, there's a difference between like, you know, Tina's heart pick and Tina's brain mm-hmm. pick. Yeah. Sure. So I'm going to go with Yakuza like a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm very excited for Halo. That's my game that I'm looking Same. forward to the most in, for this year. We do still have Halo coming. There's Forza Horizon 5, uh, which, you know, Maybe the only real competition that um, uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed has. <laughs> of course, Metroid Dread and Far Cry 6, I think, are both next week. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. So the, we still have this stuff coming. But as I sort of look at all this, I, I think I've played a lot of you know good games this year, some great games this year, but there's nothing that's like mm-hmm. God of War or Red Dead Redemption 2 or The Last of Us Part 2 or even Ghost of Tsushima. Nothing that's like that sort of level. So Yeah. I think not, I, not like one of the top tier years of gaming, maybe. I think I agree. Which is not to say quite like, you know, Ratchet and Clank, like all these games are incredible, yeah. but I, I don't know how much it's so far these experiences are going to stick with me, you know, years yeah. from now. Yeah. Okay, moving on. In case you didn't know, and you probably don't, <clears throat> IGN runs a, a biennial uh, segmentation study they've run this since 2008 and biennial means every two years is that correct am i right in this oh nobody knows 
<laughs> Biannually, I think would be twice a year, but biennially is every two years. Mm. And they run this study in partnership with Nielsen, the same Nielsen that tracks how many people are watching you know, every episode of every TV show. <clears throat> and so they did a study of 2,653 gamers. And for the purposes of the study, they define a gamer as someone who owns a device specifically for gaming and plays at least three hours a week or three times a week in gaming. So that's the definition for the purposes of this study. And so they look at things like, you know, what, what are sort of um, the different types of gamers that are out there? What are the differences between them? What are their, their preferences? And then iGen can use that data to sort of like make a plan of attack for content and uh, how we can sort of attract different audiences of gamers. So, and we have uh, some of the data here. I just thought, I think it's interesting to me. And I thought a lot of our audience would find it interesting as well. So for instance, um, just among gamers in general, among all the gamers that surveyed, the most, uh, the biggest motivator for purchase, the biggest purchase motivator was genre, game uh, genre. I thought it'd be Game Scoop. Yeah, believe it or not, Game Scoop, Game of the Year Watch is not actually, it didn't make the, the list mm. of what purchase okay. motivators were. We'll, we'll it is, it's the only video game podcast, though. I, I know. know. That's else? the only place you're getting your information from. Makes Where sense. else are you going to go? But respondents, seventy, nearly 70% of respondents say genre is their main purchase motivator, which is interesting just to think that most people are just like, I like this type of game, so yeah. I'll, if, if this type of game looks good, I'll just I'll buy that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the source of the most arguments in uh, best of meetings we have, so. Um, genre, <laughs> what, like, well, what genre something is? Yeah. Everything is an RPG. Puzzle, is this a puzzle platform or a puzzle action game? I don't know. Tell yeah. me if I like it or not, and I guess I'll tell you what genre it is. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I always and, that, and you know, Damon's kind of the genre master here because we give him all of the genre questions. Yeah, that's true. Questions. Yeah, it's true. It is true. It makes when, sense, though, because like you know, a lot there's a lot of people out there that probably don't consider themselves gamers, but do play a regular amount of a franchise, even um, or like you know, they like yeah. basketball games, they like soccer games. Like there's a specific genre that you'll inherently mm -hmm. uh, just purchase every year. Motos, racing, those have huge audiences that they just probably like. That's the type of game I play. I have a bunch of cool yeah. racing yeah. equipment in my house. Yeah, right. Speaking of franchise, only 38% of respondents said franchise was uh, important to them when, uh, with their purchase decisions. And the way mm -hmm. at the bottom was length, game length. Only 20% said that was important to them. So, Yeah, 20% is still a lot, but yeah. There have been times in my life where that was important. I mean, I remember being a little kid and being like, tell, telling my parents, like, this game would be like Final Fantasy 2 or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like 100 hours. You know, and for yeah, them, they're like, well, this game's eight hours or one hour, and it costs the same amount of money. We'll get you this long one. It's a good argument. It's the inverse relationship to your age. You know, when you're younger and you might mm -hmm. have a more limited budget, you want a longer game, a more replayable mm -hmm. game. When you're older, and you, especially if you've got kids and a family, you might want the shorter experiences. Mm -hmm. The study collects data on, on things outside of gaming that gamers enjoy. Uh, obviously, this data can be useful to advertisers. And uh, the entertainment franchise uh, that was most popular with gamers in the survey was Spider-Man. Nearly 60% yeah. uh, of respondents out. saying they love that. Spider-Man and then Marvel was right behind it. Of course, oh, Spider-Man and Marvel should be considered the same thing. But There's been times in which I would say Batman would be the obvious choice for that. But they kind of dropped the ball on some Batman stuff recently. And there just hasn't oh. been a game in a while, right? So. The top yeah, five yeah. are Spider-Man, Marvel, Harry Potter, and then oh. Star Wars. Star Wars and Batman are tied with 50%. Got it. Okay. Huh. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. 
you know, to the question. Oh, what's that? I mean, it's just like Spider Man's had a really good run, right? Like the Marvel movies, and then the, the Into the Spider Verse, like beloved, mm-hmm. and then two mm-hmm. major games that people like a lot too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's true. Right also, like <laughs> his he's younger, so he, like maybe his appeal spans a, a wider age gap. That's don't have true. to worry about. He, he's not killing anyone like Wolverine. Yeah. That's why I don't like him. In fact, I think he's a scoundrel and, <laughs> yeah. and a vigilante, and I think he should be brought to justice. <laughs> Uh, so this is so uh, to the question now. Remember, everyone in the in the study by the the study's rules, they were we considered them gamers. But to the question, uh, do I consider myself a gamer? Seventy one percent of male respondents said yes, but only thirty eight percent of female respondents said yes. Even if, even though they own a dedicated gaming device, play three hours a week. Yeah, I mean that's that's the difference between gamer being, you know, an actual accurate reflection of like what you're spending your time on and, and, uh, the label gamer, which means something different. If you yeah. self identify that way, you're putting yourself in a different bucket of individuals separate from how you actually spend your time. Sure. And I get it's, it's a very existential question too, because you, it's a personal definition of what that means to you, how you identify that, culturally for yourself and then whether or not you align with it. Cause I bet people have different definitions of what a gamer identity means for them or for how they've been, how they've uh, seen it to be portrayed mm-hmm. to them in their circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also weird. Cause like, yes, I'm obviously a gamer, but like, that's something that I, that question, do I consider myself a gamer is something I never think about or talk about, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, it's just strange. You don't introduce yourself that way to people. Yeah, until you get started. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's just it, you know this is not any this is not a new take, but it's just strange to get, get video games are the only thing that's like that. There's not like a, a similar term for movie buffs or that is know. a term cinephile. It, I guess well, that's true, but yeah. look, it's not used as widely. As no, it's you're, you're and, absolutely right. Yeah, and people don't ascribe; they don't internalize themselves. Mm-hmm. This is who I am, even if they are a big movie lover, music lover, or whatever. In the same way that uh, a huge plurality of of you know capital g gamers do yeah yeah that that term is, is, is you know but i was just gonna say that's the other thing are you a lowercase g gamer mm. or are you a capital <laughs> g gamer how is this survey specifically structured is what mm. we need to well, know yeah it's too bad we uh, don't have have terms that uh like you know you don't need to self-identify as as you know a type of person to like video games so i think i guess what i'd always say, say to people is like oh yeah i love i, I play a lot of video games like, or something like that like you know mm. instead of saying you know, I am a, it's yeah. interesting to think about. There are a few genres that male and female gamers like equally. Uh, those are platformers, horror games, and construction or management sims. Mm. I'm surprised by that third one. The construct, the, the management games, like. Yeah. Well, I, I guess like, if, if you get Stardew Valley and sim sure. games in there. Yeah, sim huge city. genres. Yeah, there's such a wide range to sim, and then it's it's also so relaxing. So everyone can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And the or study, the study divides uh, gamers into two age demographics, and this is actually a part of the study that I'm not crazy about because I just think that that's a little too simplistic. It looks at Gen Z, which are kids to 24 year olds, and then mm-hmm. millennials, which are 25 to 40 year olds, and that's it. So like someone like me who's over 40, it's like, well, screw it. You don't exist, yeah. Damon. Where do I fit well, in? I'm You're not important to marketers, Damon. You can, well, you can as a millennial, Tate. I can relate to 25-year-olds really well. So it's really a helpful genre <laughs> distinction for, for us too, Damon. All, they're if also you, really wide age ranges. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wide. 
if you were to look at the cross tabs, like if you were to ask Tate, I'm sure that we pulled, you know, over 40s, but like for distilling it down into like something mm-hmm. digestible and presentable, that that was probably stripped out of the results. But I'm, yeah, I'm sure. th- those are also just the categories that people tend to be, you know, ask questions around and want more insight around. So, yeah, it's, it's a selective process. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, the data on Gen Z, uh, says they, that group is, uh, much more likely to watch people play games that they don't play themselves, mm-hmm. obviously watching streamers. And then they're less likely to keep up with gaming news. Uh, mm-hmm. so they may be interested in, you know, a certain game of the moment, but they're not like reading video game news on IGN every day, making sure they're keeping up with everything. Well, they get yeah. it all from the podcast. This podcast. <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're probably much less likely to listen to a video game podcast also. It's extremely rude. What, <laughs> what are we saying when we say, hey, listeners, then? Uh, we we're, them so, we're, we're, we're basically saying, hey, millennials, <laughs> 25 to 40-year-olds. Hey, uh, gamer identifying millennials with Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> that, millennials, like, these three genres. Much more <laughs> likely to do research on games and movies and TV shows before they purchase or make a time investment and much more likely to spend money in game. Uh, Gen Z over indexes on iPhone and Xbox as core device for their preference for gaming. And that's probably because they're younger, have less disposable income. They already have a phone. So they don't have to buy anything extra to play Fortnite or whatever. And then maybe game pass is the reason on for an Xbox. It's just a huge value there. Very well, good news for Microsoft and Xbox to get a stat like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also wonder if some of that's just self-selecting based off of, uh, you know, I don't know, like PlayStation seems to produce and publish more prestige games like The Last mm-hmm. of Us, um, you know, whereas Xbox seems to go a little bit, uh, you know, they're, they're shooters, FPS, like, you know, Gears of War, Halo, like that that just feels like younger franchises than, than, uh, mm-hmm. than Sony's. To the question, I plan to purchase a next-gen console uh, 64% of millennials said yes, but only 36% uh, of Gen Z said yes. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, they are expensive. They are expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, we've established that they're not doing their research. They might not even know they exist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might not care. Like, if they're playing free-to-play games, you know, if they're really into Fortnite and whatever, like, you know. They can still or, use Game Pass on an Xbox One. Wasn't the Switch pretty popular in that, that last section, too? Um, oh, uh, among Gen Z in particular. Okay. That's mm-hmm. another platform that they gravitate towards. Um, this, this study is, this study is very extensive. I cherry picked, th- uh, just little bits I thought was particularly interesting. There are some game preference similarities between, between Gen Z gamers and millennials. Uh, things that have universal appeal, appeal are Mario, Tetris, then Apex Legends and mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls. So that was interesting, but I'm, I'm willing to bet Elder Scrolls really means Skyrim. Okay. I don't know how many Gen, mm-hmm. Gen Zers are playing Morrowind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ten years of just Skyrim, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That, they were little kids before that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. When looking for sources of info, what's most important to Gen Zers is personality. They're looking oh. to get their video game info from certain personalities, and then for Great. millennials, they're looking for a depth of information, skill level, and expertise. And oh, pair will be, well for journalism. Yeah, Pear will be the first to tell you that it's hard to cater to both of those audiences. Very, Unless very your game scoop. Yep. Unless your game scoop. More personalities. Mm-hmm. And depth. And yes, yes. And we're just the best at games. 
Just the best. I just I cleared mm-hmm. I cleared all of Demon Souls and Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Hey, look, I mean, all we, have, all we, have, we have a zookeeper kill screen coming up. <laughs> yep. So. I got nothing. I'll show anybody my monkey ball replays. I got nothing to hide. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the study recognizes six unique group of gamers. And back when they started the study in 2008, it was hardcore and casual. And that was mm-hmm. it. Now it's a little bit more nuanced. So six groups of gamers. Number one, incidental gamers. They don't identify as gamers. They play mobile and free-to-play games. And that group is 70% female. And there's occasional gamers. They wait for sales before buying. And they have other hobbies that is more, are more important to them than gaming. But they'll play mm-hmm. a game if a game that they like goes on sale. Then there are neutral gamers, and they do not like to spend money on gaming. They don't have strong feelings about anything they're asked about other than price. No (laughs) research, and I'm not paying a dime, but I'm a gamer. And now the the following three groups is where they start to seem much more relevant to me. It sort of really ramps up. There's classic gamers. They think games are getting too complicated, and they prefer older movies. Oh boy, yeah, crotchety starting, gamers. Yeah, that's starting to feel like me, but I, I, I don't feel like I'm grumpy about it. Then there are, <laughs> then there are dedicated gamers. They play games every day. They're interested in downloadable content. They love single player games, mm-hmm. and they spend the second most time playing video games behind the final group, lifelong gamers. They stay current with all aspects of gaming. They're seen as experts among other gamers. Seventy five percent of them are married, and most of them have kids. Oh, so, so I guess classic that's... gamers just want the rest of those gamers to get off their damn lawns. Yes, exactly. Um, Gen Z is apparent is mostly occasional gamers. Like, so again, waiting for sales before buying, have other hobbies that are more important to them. And then millennials skew lifelong gamer. Okay. The neutral one's really funny. So that's, that's it. Uh, game scoop nation. I, let us know uh, what 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 group you fall into. I have a feeling I know which mm-hmm. one. Are you yeah. going to build us a little personality test we can take? Uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. We do. You're not going to edit the episode. You're not going to pick what genre of 20 Questions game is. You're not well, going to survey. We did do that once. Didn't we do that like four years ago, maybe, Sam? We we let people take a poll to see which of the segmentation yeah. buckets from that year it they fell into. sounds like such a good idea that we must have done it. Mm-hmm. I think we did. We had little shields, like little emblems that represented the, what you ended up, like what the, your result yeah. was. I maybe do have dreamed that. I know. I think. I think we did that. <laughs> it's a good idea, right? And like, it would yeah. be fun to do that with the new, the new classification. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. We'll add the personality test in post. Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. This week, the N sixty four turned twenty five, which can only mean one thing. IGN also turned 25 years old this week. Uh, what was the, the date was on Wednesday. What date was that? The September. 28th? No, it was, not, it was on Tuesday. So the 28th, right? I thought it was yesterday, the 29th. Well, just anyway, yesterday? This month, September, 25 years old. It was, oh, I don't I think it was on, I just, I've forgotten when we had, we had a little it was, view it was meeting. Yesterday. <laughs> okay. It was, it was yesterday. yesterday. Okay. Yeah. We've Good been enough. celebrating it for like a week and we've got like another week of celebrations, but it was formally yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday, which was September 29th, the N64 launched and then N64 or IGN64.com launched at the same time. Although it was still N64.com back then. Okay. That, that was the controversy. First. And then of course, uh, Nintendo wasn't going to yeah. have any of that and had to become IGN64. Yeah. 
And, yep. and Mario 64 was out at the same time as then 64, right? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. the coverage was around Mario 64. When the which, is how, which is how I found IGN because I was I got I was mm-hmm. looking for help finding all the stars and that led me to probably n64.com and then like me too. like we hope so many people do when they come looking for game help I stuck around and read some other stuff and yeah. became a fan of IGN. We've we've done a lot of work on that um, that strategy guide over the years and in fact we're doing a fun project with it right now uh, TPD but um we uh uh when I first started uh, I remember that was one of the selection of guides that we had that were on one static page, like a GeoCities page. Like it was like, yeah, like all this stuff, like straight down the page. But like when I started in like 2001, whatever it was, seven or eight, um, you know, we had like strategy guides with like a hundred pages and stuff. And it was like really funny. They had these legacy guides and I need, I keep meaning to look that up in the internet archives to find it because I too used that guide for sure early on and the Ocarina of Time yep. one. Me too. No. Yeah, I, I, that's my first memory of IGN anything was using the Super Mario 64 star guide. I also like the print guides, which I really like. That game, some of the stars in that game, like there's one in Womp's Fortress that's just hidden in a wall. Yeah, you just like, break the corner right. of the wall. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, like that game is, a, you know, 10 out of 10, one of the all-time greats. It's on my greatest games of all time list. But like, if you don't know where those stars are, it's like, mm, I don't know about this game in like 2021. Like a third of the stars are like total bullshit. So yeah. um, what a perfect guide game. Yeah, that star name is probably something like The Secret of the Wall. <laughs> like, it really, that's exactly what it is. Um, so yeah, n64.com became ign64.com and then they started the Imagine Games Network. There's a whole umbrella, a whole network of sites, including the Den and Game Sages and a lot, lots mm-hmm. lots of other sites. I definitely never went to any of those. Do you remember what it was? I didn't either. Um, uh, what was the game? Game Spy. Game Spy was in there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember the year that they collapsed everything to ign.com? It was like 2000? Was it before that? I mean, I don't remember that because I don't remember those other sites, but I remember IGN. Oh, do I remember well, what I'm year saying? It was? Yeah, Pear, it was yeah, Pear, yeah, it was 2000. Yeah, Pear gave a big presentation on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember the. Uh, we uh, I, I was on dial-up at the time, which was already getting less common. Like broadband was more common, but my family and household was still on dial-up, and IGN got like I stopped visiting the site for a few years because it got too heavy for me to like load. I got a little bit left behind. Um, <laughs> But then eventually, you know, when we got a, a better internet connection, like then I was back, always reading IGN. And, and then 2003, 2004, I started getting published as a games journalist and IGN kind of became <laughs> the enemy. Um, <laughs> not in like a super acrimonious, like I hate you way, but like definitely trying to like win over IGN as the competition before I worked here was that was a real a real thing in the 10 years that followed. How'd that go? <laughs> well, I'm here now. That's how that <laughs> exactly. went. Exactly. <laughs> I know it's pretty cool. There aren't many websites that are much of anything today that are 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the IGN doesn't stay still. Just speaking for me, that's what I like about working here. I've never ever been bored working here. Yeah. Like trying new things and let's experiment and let's test and like that balance of like we are a pretty big company but like we'll move fast and try stuff and let's publish on tiktok and you know 12 years ago or whenever it was it was like let's see what happens when we test out this new platform called youtube and um and the the willingness and the risk to like i know everyone is all about faqs but wikis like that's the future and like let's build and launch a wikis platform like that's really cool and like 
as long as IGN continues having that attitude of like, we're not going to stay still. We're never going to be bored. We're going to reinvent ourselves. Like, you know, the site's going to uh, be well positioned for the next 25 years, I think. I'm just here for the GTA 5 cheats. <laughs> you and everybody else. You and so many others. <laughs> Did you guys yeah, know? There's, um, no, go ahead, Tina. I was just going to quickly say that, uh, yeah, I mean, 25 years is quite a bit of time across the media landscape. So, you know, Justin's alluding to a lot of changes in, in formats and in different um, kinds of platforms and, you know, whether you adapt or, or, or stick to the old school. But uh, there's a basically a recap um, of that presentation that Pear did on Twitter that's really interesting that kind of goes through all the ebbs and flows of what's happened in the industry and how IGN pivoted both in design but also um, new platforms and new types of content to respond to the different shifts in what readership behaviors were and just what the internet structures were and, mm-hmm. and what was being introduced at the time. It's really fascinating read. Everybody should check it out. For sure. Hey, I also really like looking, uh, a couple of our editors were pointing this out this week too. It's really fun looking at old websites, whether they're ours or others. And I don't spend much time doing that. But sometimes when I see like what a homepage looked like when I used to go there, it's awesome. I love that. Or one that I never went to. It's just like, what a funny way of, you know, presenting information on a tiny computer screen at the time. It's just, it's just great. It's just so funny to see what things look like then. Yeah, a lot of people had memories of reading. Um, like, I think there's a there's a huge group of people who read uh, IGN very dedicatedly in like the 90s, and then there was like the the early th- 2000s, and then like the mm-hmm. 2010 period. And they're all very different designs. But so I think there's there's a nostalgia and attachment to seeing those designs and remembering reading back in the day. But it also is sort of informative about just how websites were adapting mm-hmm. um, at the time too, not just IGN. Yeah. It really makes you, well, it makes me appreciate um, designers and good design because anytime something's redesigned and relaunched, everybody hates it, right? That's just (laughs) the way the world works. Mm -hmm. You know, any car, any phone, any device, any anything. It's totally true. Yeah. But, but then, (laughs) but then two years later, you see the old one and you're like, oh man, no, like (laughs) this is, this is such an improvement, but like you have to like to have the vision of like, uh, uh, make something seem inevitable in hindsight is, um, is a real skill and talent that like, you know, I certainly don't have that. So, you know, kudos to all the designers out there that are just gearing up to make everybody angry when they relaunch something. Mm -hmm. Did you guys know? I am the sixth most tenured employee at IGN. Wow. I did not. I was going to ask. I I knew you were up there. I thought you'd be number two. Uh, Mark (laughs) Nix. Mark Nix is number two. Mm -hmm. How did you see this list? Following pair? This list was shown to me. Was I on it? Uh, Not in the top. Not before me. (laughs) I mean, Sam, you've been, what, is it 12 years for you? 13? 13. Yeah. So you're you're definitely up there. Definitely up there. It's Pear, Nicks. Mark Nix, uh, Ann Furman. Is, is I was going to say, I bet, awesome. bet Ann. So yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and also happy birthday to the Nintendo 64. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion, our suggestion this week comes from Luke, and Luke has a hint for you. He says this is his favorite game of all time. Oh. Let the questioning, live? let the questioning begin. Well, Luke has good taste. Oh, we can ask. But does Luke? That's exactly what I was going to say. All right. Well, we clinched one last week. 
Mm-hmm. Really, we really got that last minute. So we should try to get this in maybe three or four questions. Just to kind of yeah, we'll time it out. Where to uh, start? This appeared on uh, IGN64.com. <laughs> That's pretty good. No. Keeping it in the meta. Was this game originally released after January 1st, 2010? Yes. So it couldn't even have been on Saturn World. <laughs> Definitely not. Or Sega uh, Sages. Sega Sages. Is it part of a series? Yes. Uh, was this game originally released? F- well, I don't know how to phrase this. I want to get if it's this gen or last gen. Was this game originally released on last gen consoles? No. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. wait. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I like how you put the finger down <laughs> just to put it back up. Yeah. It's new. <laughs> so, so last gen being PS4, Xbox One, and I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever switches. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo's off cycle now. So yeah, I guess it'd be Wii U. Um, is this a platform exclusive? Yes. That's five. Is it a PS4 exclusive? Yes. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. What's going on here is we're about to win this game. <laughs> now it's cat oh, action. Same. Oh my goodness. They love microphones yeah, every yeah. time. So Lion does the same. Um, is, was this developed um, by a Japanese studio? No. Mm-hmm. PS4 exclusive. Was it developed by in the United States? Yes. So, Should we ask if it's still, like, it, if it's got a current? This part of a series, if it's ongoing series. Yeah, so we know it's a series, but maybe one that has another game coming out. Maybe it's a remake. Maybe like, that's too narrow. Like uh, Shadow of the Colossus did Blueprint uh, remake from that era, and there's another remake too. That was two years. Yeah. Is it in the first person perspective? No. Hmm. Um, I don't. It's, I, I feel like sometimes we're like so insightful, and we're like hunters, like yeah. honing in on the game. And like right now, if someone were like Justin, name a PS4 game, I'd be like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, <just> totally <laughs> blank. <laughs> we well, that's why if, we need to narrow it a little bit. Should hmm. we ask if it's an indie game? That's pretty good. An indie exclusive. It, it'd be unusual, right? Um, no. PlayStation, not for Xbox. Okay, yeah. What well, is this an indie game? Are we back on no. Catcom. Oh man, Cat, Cat Cam. She's moving Cat the mic. Catcom, my Cat favorite com. company. It is. Yeah. It's not an indie game. Will she meow? No, probably not. Only when she's hungry. Wait, is Same, Same a girl? Some food? Yeah, Sami is a girl. Oh, I've always thought Sami was a boy cat. I never knew. She's a big cat shark. Yep. Oh, she's shedding. Okay, that's 10. <laughs> Not indie. Mm. Made in the U.S. I mean, we could probably get company if it's not indie and it's U.S.-based. Published by Sony. Right. Do we need to know that? It's just God of War. Uh, that's, that's a good point. We don't. Is it a first-party game? Yes. Oh shit! Mm. That was a really good call. Sign. I was picturing yeah. like you know Activision. Me too. Until right. I started thinking, oh yeah, there's all these California studios that are making Sony games now. Okay. 
so yeah, probably uh, Sodi Santa Monica. Hmm. That doesn't have to be. I don't. There's not that many U.S.-based Sony studios, is there? We, this is probably got a word. Does this game star Kratos? No. Aww. <laughs> He's just a secondary character. Well, what else? What other? There's Horizon. I was thinking, but they're of... not. They're in. They're in Europe. They are. Yeah. Damon doesn't know that. <laughs> uh. Mm. Is there? A, is this franchise one that has a title? Is this game of a franchise that has an unreleased upcoming title? Continuing it. Not as of this recording. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, good. That mm-hmm. was. We, get, we should put that one in our pocket. That was a good one. Mm. Um. So it is a series, but there's been no announcements about a follow-up from the PS4 release. Man, I really feel like first-party Sony game made in the U.S. Uncharted could be a Naughty Dog game. Yeah, could be Last of Us. And we don't know of a three coming out either. Right. Is this a Naughty Dog game? Yes. Hey. So one of the dogs. <laughs> is this game star? Uh, is this game star Nathan Drake? No, that's well, fifteen. There was, remember, there was a spinoff of Uncharted: Lost Legacy. That was not Nathan Drake. So that means it's Last of Us. It was the only Naughty Dog game. No, no, I'm saying that the Lost Legacy also stars somebody that's not. Mm-hmm. No, he's still. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, understood. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, it starred what are, Chloe are and uh... infected in this game. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. So it's The Last of Us. Should we? Conf- I mean, it's got. I mean, it's obviously The Last of Us. Yeah, and it's definitely it. not The Last of Us too. So it's The Last of Us. You're guessing? Is it The Last of Us? Oh no, it's not The Last of Us. No, it is. No, it's it's made okay, by Naughty Dog. He, we know it's a Naughty Dog game. Form it and do it in the form of a question. This is Jeopardy. Well, I no, mean, I'm Tina, hesitating. Tina, 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 Tina. Well, could it be wrong? I mean, could could I, I'm just no. trying to think. Like, is there like a you know, like would it have been um, the the DLC that followed? No, it's just The Last of Us. Just say it. Are there giraffes in this game? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? The- <laughs> See. What was the um, the like standalone? Lost. Um, Spinoff called that's slipping my memory. Lost Legacy. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. But are they infected in that game? Probably. It's Uncharted. There's always, there's always like, there's Yetis in one game. No, no, no. I'm talking about The Last of Us. Oh, okay. Standalone that focused on um, Ellie yeah. and. Was it, was it called Left Behind or something like yeah. that? I, I think so. Is it a. Sp- Wait, should okay. How many more questions do we have left? Two is questions game, and a guess. Is this game in the Uncharted franchise? No. Is okay. it a spinoff of The Last of Us? Standalone spinoff? It's not a spinoff. No. It's just The Last of Us. We're, I think we got this one. It's either that or Sly Cooper. But there's no right? giraffes. He said there's no giraffes. He just doesn't know. He didn't get that far. <laughs> okay. Well, there's absolutely a giraffe in The Last of Us. It's pretty well documented. <laughs> He knows it. So it's Sly Cooper and the Phoebus Reckons. <laughs> they didn't do, did they, wait, 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 wait. Did they do like a, was it like a Jack and Daxter trilogy or something on PS4? Yeah, it's not, it's not Sly, it's Jack and Daxter. With Infected? 
They did Jack and Daxter and they did Crash Bandicoot. So if they did some sort of trilogy or remaster of those on PS4. But it could be Last of Us 2, right? Is that what we're getting at here? No, that was on... No, because that was... Wait a minute. No, it was on PS4. Oh, that was on PS4. I've been picturing that as a PS5 game this whole time. Me too, me too. I've blurred Um, the lines of the generations. It's probably The Last of Us 2. There's no giraffe in there. That's what that Robin Thicke song is about. It's The Last of Us 2. We only have a guest left, right? Mm. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it is. Is it, is it The Last of Us 2? Yes, gee. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, okay. In our defense, we always go to 19 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just the style. We're trying to make it really, you know, exciting for, yeah. for the listeners. This is Squid, squid Game Scoop. Latina and I both made the same mistake silently. Yeah, that oh. it just like definitely wasn't The Last of Us 2. That's why I was thinking Left Behind, which I couldn't figure out the name of. That's why I made the same mistake audibly when you asked me if it was the last gen game. And I said, no. Oh, wait a minute. Ah, yes. yep. There it is. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's because like we also transitioned to the PS5 pretty much immediately. So yeah. I've kind of left behind yeah. the PS4, if you will. Well, it had it some pretty absolute... amazing blades of grass for PS4. We can yeah. all admit that. Un- Unbelievable yeah. that this game is on the PS4. Yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Definitely looks like a PS5 game. Feel, feels yes. impossible. It feels impossible that this game's on previous, <laughs> like a hardware that's that old. Yeah. Uh, well, you got there in the end, and that's what counts. Thank you <laughs> exactly. for the suggestion, Luke. It's his favorite game of all time. Uh, listeners, yeah, if you have your own uh, suggestions for video game twenty questions. Email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. That is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Mariah, working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. We're out. <laughs>